0: Sneaky suspicion that love actually is all around. Love is all around. Again, we're so glad that you are here today. Hope Elam, my name's John. I'm one of the pastors. And if we haven't had a chance to connect yet, I would love to do that. No pun intended. Today, we're talking all about the power of love. Everybody say love. Love. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say love. Love. We're talking all about the power of love. Love is inspiring. Love is beautiful. Love is powerful. Love is life-changing if you let it. And I want to talk to you today just about romantic love alone or the love between you and the person sitting next to you this morning or just some cheesy, sappy, romantic comedy kind of love that you might have seen in a film. I want to talk to you about a deeper kind of love, the love that God has poured out for every single one of you through the person of Jesus Christ, this morning, That's a powerful love. That's a life-changing love. And if you would open up your heart to that love, it just might not be another worship service today. It might change everything for you. That opening clip is not there on accident. It's, because, it's from a film that's called Love Actually. Love Actually. And I, I am not here to endorse the film. I'm not saying that that should be your family flick of the night. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but I would tell you this. The first minute and 11 seconds that you just saw up there, every time I see that, it does something to me. It grips me. They film these these, uh, unifications, these hugs, these greetings at the Heathrow Airport there in London, and I cannot get over the fact that love is all around. And you hear the narrator, you hear Hugh Grant say that that voiceover, and 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 he says this. He says, general opinion would say that we live in a world full of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, and I heard that this week, and I went, wow, you know, this film was filmed two years after 9-11, and you hear that referenced in the voiceover there, but that statement could not be more relevant to the world that we live in today. I don't know about you, but anybody feeling a little gloomy with the state of the world these days, it doesn't change, right? Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, which is easy to do these days, I think about love. Everybody say love. Love, and I don't mean that in some passive, weak way. I mean the kind of love that can change your life. I mean the kind of love that can change a human heart. I mean the kind of love that could change a life. It's deeper than that, and it's not just about the love that you have for the person sitting next to you as powerful as that is. Love is the most powerful thing in the universe. Most importantly, the love that God has for you, and it's all around It's exactly what was said. It's all around. Just like God's spirit, God's presence is all around. We sang this morning, rain on us, rain on us, rain on us, Lord. The reason that we sang that is because God's spirit is here. God's been waiting all night to hang out with us in his house. And the beautiful thing is that God's spirit and his presence goes with us wherever we go. But there's something powerful when we gather together that Jesus says, where two or more are gathered in my name, that there I am as well. There I am with them. God's presence is here. It's why we say every single week, it's no accident that you are here. And if this is your first time here, your second time here, I want to specifically speak to you. God's presence is here and his love is here this morning. It is no accident that you are here and he is knocking on the door of your heart. He has been pursuing you with this life-changing love from the day that you were born and if you would open up your heart today, this morning, he just might change everything for you. Amen? God loves you so much. It's everywhere. King David says it this way in Psalm 139. He he writes this. He says, "I can never escape from Your Spirit. I can never get away from Your presence. I can go up to heaven. I can go down to the grave. I could ride on the wings of the morning or the farthest oceans. But even there, Your hand would guide me, and strength will support me." You t- hear it from God Himself. If you are feeling far away or disconnected from God this morning, I've got really good news. He never left. He's always been there. You can take God's word on it. Amen? Right there from Psalm 139. His presence is here, His spirit is here, and it's closer than you know. God's love is all around. And we've all heard the famous lyrics to the song, and you've got to help me out because I'm not on the worship team for a reason. So help me out, okay? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Okay. Love, sweet love, right? going to start a choir with all y'all anytime soon, right? What the world needs now is, come on, sweet, there you go, right? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Nothing could be more true, but not some sign of generic love, not some kind of love that's mustered up on our human strength and endurance that we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and say, I'm going to try a little bit harder to love, or a feeling that comes and goes. I don't know about you, but what what do you think of when you hear the word Love. You don't have to say it out loud, but we're all think of something. Maybe for you it's really positive, it's exciting, it's romance, it's beauty, it's adventure. Maybe for some of you it's just feelings or emotions, and it comes and goes. I feel in love, I don't feel in love. I fell into love, I fell out of love. For some of you, it's really hard to hear that because well, love brings with it a lot of negative connotations. Your heart is breaking because of a difficult relationship that you're in today. Your heart is breaking because you're, you're in the process of healing from a relationship that broke your heart. And so when you hear the word love, it's anything but positive. You don't want anything to do with that because you're like, I put myself out there. I took the risk and love is a risk. Any form of love is a risk. And I don't want anything to do with that because I put my heart out there. We use that word love for a lot of different things and maybe that's why we get confused. Confused. We we get incredible mileage out of this word love. We say that we love the person next to us this morning, but we also love tacos, and I love a new pair of pants, right? No wonder we get confused. I tell my wife, honey, I love you more than anything else in the world, and then I say, man, I love air conditioning. I, I, I just love it so much. We get confused about the word love, and so instead of trying to navigate it on our own, it might be helpful if we went back to the source to see what God's word has to say about the source, the root of love. We get that in our scripture reading for today, 1 John chapter 4. Let's read this nice and loud together, 11 o'clock service. Here we go. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves and has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Everybody say love. 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 What do we know about love? Right away in the beginning, love is not a human invention. Love is not what we want it to be. Love is not something that comes and goes when we feel like it. Love is a person. It's Jesus Christ who embodies what God is like. Love is not simply a characteristic that God has. Love is who God is. It is a defining, he cannot stop loving us. Love gives itself away, that kind of love. God is love, and so we can't come up with our own notions about it. It's not a feeling that that comes and goes. Love is a person, and so if we want to learn how to love well, we're called to lean into the heart of God. I've never met anybody that doesn't want to love well. I've never met anybody that deep down inside, even if they've never expressed it, doesn't want to make an impact in this world. I've never met anybody that doesn't want to live a life of significance, and we know that love is the key to that. How do you do that? It is very, very clear That the most important gift that we can give to the people around us, if God is love, if it's embodied in the person of Jesus, the greatest gift you can give to your spouse, the greatest gift that you can give to your kids and your grandkids is not stuff. Stuff is important. My son spent two hours digging a hole in the mud yesterday. They don't need more stuff. Can I get an amen? Stuff is fine. The greatest gift you can give your grandkids, the greatest gift you can give your kids or your spouse or your friend or your neighbors or your coworkers or your small group members is a living, daily relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? God is love. We want to love well. Some of us are so dissatisfied in our human relationships and it's because we're drawing from an empty well over and over and over. You're not going to get filled up unless you go back to the source. You're not going to fill your cup unless you daily stand under the waterfall of God's love and let him fill you up to overflowing. Love is not something that we try harder with. Love is something that we get filled up from our creator first so that it overflows naturally in our lives. There's a reason we get confused about love because just in the New Testament itself, in the Greek, in the original language that it was written, there are six different words or definitions for the word Love. For the sake of time today, we're going to dive into two. The first one is philia. Everybody say philia. Philia, philia is a, a brotherly, sisterly kind of love, a, a, an adoration for, for each other, a, a connection that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and you know that philia, that's where we get the language for Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, right? That's where we get that. But there's a love that's deeper than philia, and it's agape. Everybody say agape. agape. It's the deepest form of love. This is the love that God has that Bible describes that God has for us as His children. It's agape. It is a self-sacrificing love that expects nothing in return. When God's love for you, God's love poured out for you, is described in His word, it's agape. And that definition flies in the face of media and culture and movies and television shows that just pump the message at us over and over again. I don't feel in love. I fell out of love. I fell into love. This screams that love is a choice. It's getting down on your knees daily. God did not create you as a robot. God created you to be in a relationship with him. And to have a true relationship, there has to be an opportunity for choice. To choose love. And this morning, the God of the universe says, I choose you. I choose you. I love you with a love that is stronger than any other force in the universe. Agape love. When the Bible talks about agape, it's the same kind of love that parents have for their children. And parents, you you know. (laughs) You know that. Grandparents, you know that. The kind of love that would just say, I'll do anything. I would do anything, for whatever it takes, that kind of love. Not self-serving love, but outward-focused love. And something rises up in us when we become parents. It's the same way that God feels about us as our father, as our parent. I got a glimpse of this this last week, our seven-year-old, Evie, that maybe some of you met on the breakfast line handing out your juice this morning. So I guess there's no age requirement for serving on the food line. So we're excited about that. She turned seven this last week. She could practically be 17, but she had a big birthday. I don't know if there's any Encanto fans out there, but she loves Encanto, and I've never seen it, but I have it memorized, because uh, it plays in our house all the time, and so she wants to be Isabella, and so she, for her birthday dinner, dresses up in her big flowery dress, and we go out to eat as a family. We get there, and the waiter hands us the wrong kid's menu. He hands us the brunch menu, and so she sees on there what she always gets, which is a pancake the size of your head. And she loves pancakes. But we're there about 4.15 in the afternoon. And who eats a pancake at 4.15? Evie does. A seven-year-old does. And so she gets that. The waiter comes back and says, oh, I gave you the wrong menu. That's actually the brunch. I'm going to give you the dinner one. And she looks over it, and there's no pancake. And every ounce of birthday fun and joy and passion and excitement just deflates in this little girl. And something rises up. And Tiffany and I, as her parents, were like, "We are going to get this girl a pancake on her birthday, and so we fly, like it 's okay, honey, and we call over the waiter, like, "Is there any way that anybody in the back of this restaurant, which has a menu this thick, could make Isabella Princess Isabella here maybe a giant pancake. Oh, I'll see what I could do. And I look at Tiffany when he, the waiter goes away. I said, if he comes back and says we can't make a pancake, I am walking back there to the kitchen myself and saying the dad's making a pancake for his daughter. Okay? Now he comes back and says we got it, and it's a huge pancake, and she just lights up like a light bulb, and it's the best ever. But I, I will tell you this, this. This phrase just kept coming back to me. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I didn't care in that moment. I didn't care what we looked like. I didn't care what it sounded like. It's agape. It's not a perfect love, but it's a love that is, (sighs) it's so powerful. And that love that I'm trying to describe to you for my little girl is just a glimpse of the fraction that the way that the Bible describes the love that Jesus has for you when he was nailed to that cross. It's just a glimpse. That is the love that God has for you don't miss it. A self-sacrificing love that expects nothing in return. That kind of love. And you know the song. (laughs) What the world needs now is love, sweet love, not a generic love, but a love that is connected to the source. Now we can run around our whole lives looking for that kind of love and to get filled up, but it's sitting right in front of you today. That kind of redemptive love, that strong love, that life-changing love, the kind of love that can break down walls, the kind of love that can break through racial barriers, the kind of love that can bring people that don't look like each other or vote like each other or live next to each other or anywhere come together in the name of Jesus. It's that kind of love. It's that kind of power. It's not soft. It's not weak. It's not passive. The kind of love that can bring two churches that could not be more different together. The kind of love that can bring us together, and not just bring us together, but sustain us together. It's not going to be because we tried harder or we tried to get along. It's because we put Jesus Christ at the center of this church, and we rally and we unify around him. Amen? That's what holds us together. It's that kind of love. Having good values is not enough. Good morals is not enough. Being a good person is not enough. It doesn't have the power to transform a human heart or a soul for eternity. Only the kind of love that is connected to its source can do that. Now you might say, John, that's great. Thank you for that power and that passion. But it doesn't take a biblical scholar to know about love. No, it does not. But oftentimes I think the danger is we fall into the trap of thinking that being a biblical scholar is actually the point. That the point of following Jesus at the point of Christianity is like, yeah, John, we don't need another sermon on love. We've got that. Do we? Do we? Do we really know how to love people that aren't like us? Do we really know how to love and not hate the people that lash out at us? I don't think we've got that figured out. So maybe the deepest thing we could do is start to go back and learn and actually start to apply what we've already heard. And that might be the deepest thing that we could do. But a lot of times what we do is we fall into this trap of thinking that the accumulation of knowledge automatically equals spiritual maturity. That somehow the more information that I can gather, the more spiritually mature that I am, the more that I can quote scripture and memorize scripture, which is great! Do it! It's powerful! Store God's word in your heart. Tuck it away memorize it know it inside and out but that is not ultimately what defines us as christians they will know we are christians by our love that's what defines us think about this the apostle paul one of the great biblical scholars of all time says this in first corinthians chapter 13 and some of you are like wait a minute am i at a wedding it's more than just a wedding sermon all right let's read it together paul says this where there are prophecies they will cease where there are tongues they will be still where there is knowledge where there's what knowledge, knowledge it will pass away now let us read it together and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love the greatest of these is love. is love This is coming from Paul, the Pharisee of all Pharisees, who knew the word inside and out. He knew the law. He knew the Torah. He knew God's word. He could quote it inside and out. He knew all about God. He didn't know God. And so God had to knock him up on the side of the road and knock him off and say, Saul, you are no longer Saul. I have not called you to just know about me and study my word. I want you to have a living, breathing, intimate, daily relationship with me. And it's not about you getting puffed up on your knowledge. Paul is saying, I'm getting to the end of my life. And I'm looking back and I'm realizing, I'm just going to tell you this as a pastor. I've never sat by somebody's bedside in their final moments, saying, wow, I'm sure glad I got all that knowledge. What matters in that moment is the people sitting around that hospital bed or that hospital bed, the relationships, the love, the love that you share with the people around you, and most importantly, the love of Jesus Christ that gives you hope of life beyond death. That's what matters in that moment, and Paul's getting to the end of his life, and he's saying, I get it now. If all of my information, if all of my knowledge of Scripture doesn't compel me if my heart doesn't break for the things that God's heart breaks for I've missed it if all this knowledge if all this information is just for me to get puffed up and quote scripture all the time it's never going to fill me up it's never going to satisfy and it can't save your soul only by putting your faith in Jesus Christ and receiving that love as a little child and letting it all the way in that's what matters matters Does my knowledge lead me to love others and to love God with all of my heart and soul and mind and strength? They asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Summarize all of the Old Testament law for us, Jesus. Boil it down. And what does he say? Love. Not memorize, not just study, but love. Let your study and your memorization lead to a genuine affection for God. An intimacy with God. Love the Lord your God with everything that you've got. Not for an hour on Sunday morning. With all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. And then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. You do the first, you're going to get the second. That's why they're linked together. Maybe Christianity is not about consuming information. Maybe it's about having a heart transformation. About being a brand new person. Agape love, it changes everything. Ah, I want to go deep. <laughs> That's what I hear a lot. I want to go deep. My Bible study's not deep enough. My former church isn't deep enough. My friendships aren't deep enough. You want to know the things that I've seen around this church in the last month that I just want to lift up and celebrate as deep? When there are these shootings at DMPS high schools, you know where those students came To cry? because of the trauma they've been through your church and you know what's deep is our student ministry leaders meeting them here off hours anytime you come and we will sit and we will cry and we will listen with you that's deep people that tell me hey we had a small group together I heard about this small group that was meeting before covid hit and they, they met all the way through COVID. They, they didn't give up on each other. They met on Zoom all the way through COVID and they are still meeting today. They didn't give up on each other. They didn't quit. That, I don't even know what they studied. That's not the point. That's deep. Those of you that have shared with me that you drive halfway across town every single Sunday morning to pick up your friend who doesn't have a car so that they can come and experience worship together. That's deep. Some of us are, I don't know if I want to go to worship today. <laughs> It's the highlight of some people's week, by the way. And I pray that it would be for yours as well. Parents that talk to their kids about what you've been learning in Hope Kids, not just, hey, I'm going to drop them off at church and do Sunday school. No, I'm the primary spiritual leader in my kids' life, and so I'm going to ask them, what did you learn in Hope Elam Kids on the way home in the car from church, around the dinner table? Why? Because I'm a perfect parent? No, because our primary responsibility is to disciple the people under your own roof first. That's deep. That's deep, and it's not about, being a, not about being a perfect parent. Deep is the small group leader that listens way more than they speak. Because I don't have anything to prove to anybody. That's deep, because it's an agape kind of love. It's a self-sacrificing kind of love. Does your study, does your knowledge of God's word lead you to become a healthy member of a church family? If not, what is it for? It's empty, Paul says. He goes on to say, and I could demonstrate this for you, and your ears would ring. It's like a clanging gong. Thank you for all of that knowledge. It's getting in the way of our mission as a church. If that's all that it is, are we loving people deeply? And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about what we talked about last week As a church, the hatred, the gun violence, the brokenness, the evil in our nation, in our state, in our city, and we talked about some proactive ways that we feel called as a church to get to the root of it, to not just argue with each other, but actually be a part of the solution, to be a part of the problem, and one of those things that we laid out is continuing to deeply invest in the youth of this city. And some people are saying, what are we going to do about all this? What are we going to do about all this stuff in the news? What are we going to do about gun violence? What are we going to do about the challenges that face our youth today? And I'll say, it is happening right in front of you, in your own church, 2500 University. Not just with our own student ministry, Ignition and Power Life here, which are incredible, but also three different organizations that we have in our church. Joshua Christian Academy for the youngest, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is in every school in the DMPS school district, And what we're going to highlight today is Genesis Youth Foundation. I was thinking about our topic today, an agape kind of love. What came to mind is this incredible ministry that's right in front of our noses here. And I am so humbled and grateful and honored to welcome up to the stage for a few minutes this morning the founder and the leader of Genesis Youth Foundation, Sam Gabriel. Come on up. There is one thing that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, Sam. Before we get started, you win on the attire award today. You got me beat, man, in the in the fashion. Thank Sam. you, thank yes, you. Absolutely, um, Sam. There is a lot of people that know that Genesis is here, but what they may not know is the heart. And I was thinking about this agape love today. And you and Tricia, Sam's wife Tricia was here with us uh, last service, but behold, she's doing ministry on Sunday morning. And so Sam's representing uh, the family. You're not quite as awesome as she is, but we'll we'll, we'll make do. We we marry up, that's for sure. But Sam, could you just tell us a little bit about your story, um, how you and Tricia met, which I know something about now, uh, how you met, and, and what really was the heartbeat in getting this ministry started?
1: Yeah, so Trisha and I met at, first of all, good afternoon. I think it's yeah. noon now, right?
0: I think it is now. Good, yeah. good
1: afternoon, church. Uh, so Trisha and I met at Walmart, <laughs> right, in the parking lot. Actually, in the parking lot, yeah. So it wasn't planned. She was doing her thing. I saw her, and then that's where we met. So keep shopping at Walmart. I think Walmart should pay me. <laughs>
0: It's romantic.
1: I think Walmart yeah. should pay us some money, uh, yeah. invest in Genesis. Yeah. But uh, Genesis all started uh, basically by uh, divine calling. Um, mm-hmm. But we didn't know until t- 2018 when yeah. I graduated from Mercy College. Um, but, be- but we actually started 2009, just helping mm-hmm. out, you know, seeing the need. And what we do is basically what we live, what we experience. So um, I'm originally from Liberia, my wife and I, and we came here as refugee. And growing up, we really didn't have access to resources. And Mm -hmm. one of the American culture here is keep the kids busy. Keep them busy and they'll stay out of trouble. So there's a lot of resources that go in there. But refugee kids and immigrant and single parents, they don't have that resource in their homes to really get their kids busy. And we were blessed to to be able to go through that crack, you know, to grow up. And then, but many of our friends that we grew up with were actually caught into that trap. So God called us to make sure that we prevent kids coming after us from being trapped in that um, trap stuff. So that's why. That's how it all started. Absolutely.
0: And I know that, that uh, you guys have done that together. The first time that I met Sam and Trisha, they were at their previous location before you guys came, came here. And, and what, what shocked me <laughs> was the number of kids that know you guys personally, yeah. that they have that personal relationship with you. And I was looking around, and then you, you, you introduced us to your kids, and they were just in, in amongst all the other kids. And yes. I know that that's something that, that is on your heart yes. as well that I so admire about you guys?
1: It's, it's, it's very important. You know, um, our ministry is focused on building relationship. relationship. Um, Christ really focused on building relationship. That's, you know, with our relationship, uh, you can't really make the next step. Yeah. So we really focus on our genesis is family. The kids call me Uncle Sam. They, <laughs> they refer to Trisha and to Tricia. We, can, we are like parents, and we treat them, especially when our kids are um, with us, we can't separate that. Yeah. Um, and because of that, they really trust us and we're able to get them to do what we want them to do. Absolutely. Good things, Good things.
0: things, that's right. Well, they're all looking at these pictures on the screen of all the different things that you do. We, we know Genesis is here because we hear the kids every day, and sometimes there'll be spontaneous football games that break out in the lobby, and that's great. <laughs> We'd rather have a party and clean up afterwards than never party at all when it comes to ministry. So we love it that you guys are here, but there may be some people that don't know what does a week in the life of Genesis look like? What are some of the things that you guys do to invest in these students?
1: Well, um, the, the vision here is to level the playing field. So mm-hmm. if you can visualize what that looks like, it's really um, giving kids engaged and into uh, positive activities, just like other kids who parents can afford. Um, yeah. God has blessed um, me and Trisha. That we that were able to put Marcus into, you know, VSA in a rush. We cost $2,500 a year and buy his uniform, but not all the parents have that. Yep. So uh, we try to engage them in what they like to do, soccer, dance, but while really encouraging them to do well in school and be positive and, and uh, good citizens. Um, so we engage them in after school all year round, physically here, yep. but they can call me at 12 p.m., you know, 12 a.m., <laughs> Anytime, and then we we just engaged them in arts um, soccer game. Uh, this past spring, we actually had 70 kids uh, playing in, in Iowa soccer. Now that's a big deal.
0: Praise God. That's awesome. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. that is a big deal. Yeah. Um, out of the 70 kids, we have about uh, 30 girls that actually play. And culturally, girls are not supposed to play sport, especially soccer, in the mm-hmm. African culture. So, for girls to be playing soccer for only two years and came first place in the spring season, that's really good. Yeah. Um, our boys came also uh, second place in the state, and we have three boys playing in the ODP. Mm-hmm. That's very successful. But with that, we make sure their grades are good. Mm-hmm. So, we provide after school program, tutoring, and even threatening them sometimes, just like you do with your kids, right? But we also bribe them. Yesterday, we had a leadership training yesterday with all of them. We ended up giving some of them $120 for having good grades, $40, and those kind of, it encourages them, it's really working with them, building that relationship for their own
0: good. Absolutely. That's awesome. Praise God. That's so good. So... Sam in addition to all these things that you're doing, and I, Sam's not going to say this about himself. What you don't realize is that the first ten years of Genesis, Sam and Trisha are driving around their own vehicles, not getting any credit. This is Agape lived out driving around their own vehicles, picking up kids from. Really difficult family situations, single parent homes, no parent homes, kids that don't have anybody in, in their life investing in them. And you guys were doing that for almost a decade before this ever came together as a nonprofit. Are you getting any kind of pay for it? You just did it because you said these kids are our kids. Yeah. And I just want to commend you for that. That is incredible. That is awesome. Yeah.
1: It was, you know, what God called you to do. God don't give you the big picture. I don't know those of you that do God's work. He don't give you the big picture. There's no big road map, right? So it was tough when I saw my wife, you know, celebrating when I graduated from Mercy College. And she was all excited about, you know, going out into the world and getting to a job. But that's when God actually voiced out and said, this is what I need you to do. Yes. And I had to communicate that to Trisha. That was the toughest thing. But when I did, she embraced it. She said, yeah. So for a year, I didn't work. Hmm. I didn't work. There was no income. We had one income. And finally, I got hired um, in 2019. But the board told me, you can only work 30 hours a week. <laughs> but I ended up working like 60 hours a week. But only put down to 30 hours a week. So... Um, it's, it's God's work. I always yeah. want to make sure that, um, you know, uh, I say that. It's not about me or Trisha, or it's really God's work, and we are just the vessels.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I know, absolutely. Something that, something that both Trisha and, and you have shared is that you feel like these are your kids. And I want you to hear this, not just because you're physically located in our building. As a church, we want to say, these are our kids too and we want to come alongside you in that absolutely Yeah. yeah.
1: we, we want to thank hope Edom for really opening up their doors and really embracing us I know it's kind of hard if you marriage Trisha and I we look outside like we you know we, we get along all the time but we don't <laughs> <laughs> we don't you know so being in uh, being here and you guys opening up your arms and really yesterday we had a We had uh, um, a leadership Leadership summit, summit. Mm -hmm. and we didn't see any of you guys looking to see what we're doing. I mean, (laughs) it just just felt like home. So so we really appreciate you guys for um, for, um, allowing us to be uh, here and making it feel like home.
0: Absolutely. Well, let me just say this, Sam, on behalf of our entire church, something we say every single week is that we say, now that you've come to worship, go and be the church. And you guys are doing that. You are a living, breathing example right in front of us. And so thank you for modeling that for us as a church. Thank you for everything that you do. Can we give God praise for Sam and Genesis Youth Foundation? Thank you, brother. Love you. Thank you. Absolutely. I love the, uh, the family that God is building here with all these different organizations. It's not just a church for an hour a week. God is bringing together all of these faith-based nonprofits to say, it's not about us as a church, it's about the kingdom of God. It, 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 and I cannot help but hear Sam's story as he tells the story of Genesis, and there's much more than that, and he'll be out in the lobby. If you want to answer, uh, ask questions afterwards, he'd love to connect with you. But I just keep hearing love in action. Love in action. Everybody loves to talk a good game. Everybody loves to talk about reaching the students and the youth of this city. They're doing it. And it's, it's messy and it's hard at times, but they are doing it. They're walking the talk. They're not just talking the talk. They're walking the walk. And there was another man that did that for three years, that loved the unlovable, that went and reached people that nobody else was reaching. Sometimes in order to reach people that nobody else is reaching, Hope Elam, we got to do things that nobody else is doing. And God is calling you out of your comfort zone. God is calling us to think outside the box. Sam and Tricia saw a need 15 years ago, and they've been meeting it. That's what God calls us to do as a church as well. Jesus loved the unlovable. He befriended the outcasts. And in John chapter 13, we get this beautiful picture of everything that Sam's talking about. Jesus wraps a towel around his waist with a bowl of water and he gets down on his hands and feet and he washes the feet of his disciples. A task that was designated not just for servants, slaves. The God of the universe serving us. And then he says this. Let's read it together from John chapter 13. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus is making it crystal clear. (laughs) Stop trying to consume your way to faith and start washing some feet. Amen? Start washing some feet. You want to grow into maturity? You want to go deep? You want to make an impact? Start washing some feet. Jesus is saying unequivocally, loud and clear, if serving is somehow beneath you, been there, done that, I don't need to do that anymore, if serving is somehow beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Then I have no problem saying that. That is the model that the God of the universe lays out for us. Love takes action. That's what he calls us to do, to serve, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And some of you are saying, that's gross. Washing feet, I don't see any feet around here to wash. Genesis Youth Foundation, in about a month, in about a month, there's going to be hundreds of kids filling this room, and they're asking the question right now, are there any adults in this church that are willing to step out of the box? I've never done VBS before. How are you going to know that it might not change your life if you've never done it before? Are there any adults in this church that are willing to show me what God's love looks like? Hundreds of you had breakfast this morning on that line. And I am, those people that serve breakfast every single week, this, they're my heroes. <laughs> Praise God for you. And if you're like, I don't really know if that's my thing, whether it's your thing or not, I just have a feeling of Jesus of Nazareth was hanging out at 2500 University. He'd be on the food line at Hope Elam serving you up some grits this morning. That's where he would be. If serving is below you, then leadership is beyond you. Maybe it's the Blue Shirt Hospitality folks, ushers, greeters, communion assistants, parking, 20 to 30 minutes of your time every month. Who knows that the way that God might want to fill you up in this church and get your needs met might not be something you consume, it might be somebody that you serve. That might be the way that God is calling you to fill you up. Jesus gets down on his hands and feet And he says, this is the way. Love. It always has been. It always will be the way. Jesus is teeing it up for you this morning. He's setting it up for you this morning. And when Sam was talking about soccer, I knew Sam was going to talk about soccer. I just have always wanted to do this, and so I need some help. Sam, come on. Come on back up. Sam doesn't know what's going on right now, but it's going to be great. Um, I, I cannot help but think about soccer, and I need Sam's help as an expert in soccer because I am not. But here's what I know, Sam, is that there's a thing called a penalty kick. Yes. Now, for all of us out there that may not know anything about soccer, what do you what do you need for a penalty kick? I've seen this before, but w- what's all involved in that?
1: Well, it's the goalkeeper.
0: You got the goalkeeper, and you got a kicker. One kicker, and you have one referee. And one rep. And that's it. That's it. So really it's all set up. I mean, there's no excuses. Like the ball is ready, nobody you can't call somebody in from the stands. It's it's you with the ball ready to go. Okay, if I kick this, some of you are going to be sad that you sat in front this morning. But Sam is an expert, and so you may not remember anything we said this morning, but you're going to remember this. So Sam, I want you to get lined up here like you were going to, you're going to do this. I guarantee you're not going to get this at any other church in Des Moines today. Right here. (laughs) Sam, I want you to imagine that there's just a giant soccer net right back there where Mike's standing, right by the back doors, Mm -hmm. right there. And just to the best of your ability, just kind of show us what a penalty kick would look. Should we actually have him kick it? No, I don't. <laughs> We'd like to keep our day job, so we're not going to do that. But, Sam, I would love for you to just demonstrate, kind of come up to the ball and show us how, how you would do a penalty kick. What what would you so do?
1: Usually, when I'm doing PK, yeah. I want to touch my ball first. Oh. So I would have to put it down. Okay. Take a step back. Okay. And you don't want to give eye contact to the goalkeeper.
0: Don't it, give it away. And you okay. You
1: want to persuade him to go one side and the ball goes
0: one side. Okay. And you're going to move. You come ball up. Ball boom right there so just hold that pose if you could for about 10 minutes can you no i just i just kidding no that right there that's the image i want you to engrave into your hearts and your minds it is all you don't have to hold it forever thank you right. i want you to think about that that it is all teed up for you genesis youth foundation Vacation Bible School, food ministry at Hope Elam, the hospitality team, it is all served up for you, ready to go. Take the kick. Take the kick. Ready, set, serve. Hope Elam, God has poured his love into our hearts, not so we can keep it to ourselves, but so that we can give it away, so we can take the kick. Amen. Give Sam a round of applause, by the way, so we can take the kick. It's waiting for you. It's waiting for you. Go get connected today. Go serve. Ready, set, serve. God loves you, Hope Elam. Let's stand and let's sing together about the love of God.
1: Thanks so much for joining us.